0: We're gonna look at Matthew 4, 18 through 20. This is, today is about the disciples, how the Lord revealed to them and invited them and then they had to make the adjustments in their life. We're gonna be looking at Andrew and his brother Simon Peter. We're gonna be looking at James, his brother John and we're gonna be looking at Matthew himself. Let me read this to you. As he was walking along the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the sea. Since they were fishermen, follow me, he told them, and I will make you fish for people. Immediately they left their nets and they followed him. Let's pray together. Father, help me to be a plain preacher today, so plain a child would understand me. Help me to be in tune to your Holy Spirit. Any word of knowledge you give to me to speak to a person or their situation, if you prompt me with it, I want to be obedient to speak to it. And then, Lord, you look at all of us today, but you see me differently. I'm your teacher and I'm your preacher and on me is a great judgment. And I know that and I accept my place in rightly dividing your word. So in the name of Jesus, I pray his name that I preach. Amen, you can be seated. It's good to see you, really good crowd today. We had a really large crowd in the first service too, so thanks for being here. We're in our series, Adjustments, uh, which talks about rearranging your life. We have one more to go in this series, so don't say amen, okay? Don't do that. And then we're gonna be getting into Lent. Uh, I'm gonna be giving you a sermon. Um, When this year started, I wondered how fast it was gonna go And uh, January's already gone past us and we're into February, we're talking about Lent and prepping for Easter, uh, early April, so things are moving on really rapidly. Uh, With the sermon series adjustments prompting us to rearrange our life, remember when God speaks, he's revealing what he is about to do. And that revelation is an invitation for you to join him for us to join him in that work. And so there comes the adjustments, the surrender, the obedience, the dependence on God. Remember, he wants us growing to be dependent on him. I'll speak more to the men here than I will the ladies. Uh, We think the older we get, the less, the more independent we are, and the less dependent we are on God. That's not true. That's a worldly philosophy. In the kingdom, the older I get, the more I depend on him. It gets deeper and deeper and deeper. And some of you have a big question mark. I've got more stories than you wanna hear where there was gaps in my life and God filled the men. Do you know what I'm saying? Where God put them together. And you 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 grow to know him deeper in what he is doing. So. We're not maturing to an independence of God. We're maturing to a greater dependence on God. So we we looked in the intro verse to to Andrew and Simon Peter brothers coming to hear the invitation of the Lord to follow. Let's look at James and John in uh, verses 21 and 22. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James the son of Zebedee, his brother John. They were in a boat with Zebedee their father, mending their nets, he he called them, meaning the Lord did. Immediately they left uh, the boat and their father and they followed him. Matthew chapter nine, verse nine. I wanna show you, this is Matthew writing about himself. We're in the Gospel of Matthew and he's writing about himself. Uh, Jesus went on from there. He saw a man named Matthew sitting in a tax office. Uh, This was very common. Tax offices were established where people and economy had a crossroads, like if it were a fishing port. People are coming in, and they're commercial fishermen, and they're selling their fish. Well, then there's liable to be a tax office there because people are coming there to buy. There's commerce, there's economy, and there's people. So when you have that intersection, you usually had a tax office. And he said to him, to Matthew, in this, follow me. So he got up, and he followed him. Now, I ask the question, what makes these men leave their livelihood to follow Jesus? It's always been a question of mine. What, what about him, what's about him that uh, is causing these people to leave and follow him? What, what is it about, it about Jesus that made them want to go and learn from him? And the answer is in the same chapter, it's verse 17. It's Matthew 4:17. From then on, Jesus began to preach, repent because the kingdom of heaven has come near. What, what is it about Jesus that made them drop everything and follow him? It's because Jesus was preaching a different sermon than everybody else. It's very common for a rabbi to come along with his philosophies and then have a gathering of people just hang around him all the time. Very common, it's not common in our culture. Very common in their culture. So for Jesus to have 12 disciples with him all the time was not weird. It was very normal. Uh, they're used to it in their culture. And I can remember reading about this along in my life, especially in my young life, and I'm, I'm going, what made these people just leave him, leave their work and follow him? And the answer is the kingdom of God. It's a different sermon. Now, during Lent, I'm going to be preaching about the kingdom. So I'm going to make a plug for the next series, okay? And uh, the kingdom of God is not property. It's not something you can survey. It's not geographical. It's not Israel. It doesn't have boundaries. The kingdom of God is your heart. I, I want you to know right now some of you you 're young you you think church people are boring in and you know having faith is dumb and i I, w- I want you to know something there, is, there the enemy there is a battle for your mind and your heart yeah. constantly yeah. it 's constant and you'll you 'll fill it with so much worldly stuff, even paul said the 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 wisdom of this world is demonic and earthly, sensual, absolutely sensual, sexual. It's all those things. Our world is filled with every bit of that. And Jesus comes and preaches a different sermon about the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is his rule and his reign living in and around your heart. In your heart, you know, the way you live uh who you are what you talk about all those things are important and you you're taking the kingdom of god and it's in your life and it's coming out of your life and it's infiltrating this world and that's that's what it's meant to do and so he's preaching about the kingdom of god and the kingdom of god is beautiful let me tell you this we're going we're going to hit this a little bit later on but th- but when when god moves you to do something let's let's just say uh, somebody is sick and recovering or whatever, and the Lord's like, go fix them a meal, or get some of your friends together and, and put up some of you, it's called a meal train, there's even an app for that now, and some of you do that, you do that wonderfully. And that's the compassion of, of God. And that's working, That's just working. And you follow that, God reveals that to you very simply, go do this for somebody, and he's asking you to join him in that. That's the kingdom of God, that's beautiful. And the kingdom of God, when it is working and doing what it's intended to do, is glorious. It's supernatural. Uh, You can only explain it through God himself. And he uses you to be able to infiltrate the kingdom of God in in other places. So it's the rule of God in your heart. I'm letting him rule my heart. I wanna respond with a kingdom response. I wanna think with kingdom thoughts. All those, I, I, I wanna speak with kingdom words. I wanna do all those things, it's the kingdom of God. And he's, Jesus comes with a different sermon than these other people, and they're hearing it. Now, I, uh, I was often intrigued by how they left their nets and they left their boat and their dad and they just went off. And I, I want to explain this a little bit. Uh, we are not ruling out previous encounters with the Lord, okay? If you read this passage you're like well they just they just dropped their nets and left in the gospel of john it tells of previous encounters uh there's, there's 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 all kinds of pictures here of first encounters with jesus and uh they they mainly had it through the john the baptist john the baptist came as a front runner of jesus he he came uh, he came preparing the way of the lord behold the He's the He's the Lamb of God who's come to take away the sins of the world, and so they were intrigued with the preaching of John, and so when they started connecting and hanging around John, they were introduced to the person of Jesus, and there's even indication here that they saw some of the first miracle at Cana. So I don't want to I don't want to give you this picture that they're on, they're they're fishing. Uh, or they're with their dad and they're in a boat and Jesus just comes up and they don't know who in the wonder he is. And he just says, follow me and they leave. I, I really don't want you to have that picture. The picture is they knew about Jesus, there's previous encounters, either through themselves or John the Baptist, or word of, of knowledge, you know, people expressing what is going on. So, but the immediate references here are indicating that they had thought about this process that they had been around Jesus, whether it's them by themselves or through John the Baptist. And, and all of a sudden, there's this very specific invitation from this guy that they're in awe of to come join me in the preaching of the kingdom. Um, I've been hearing Ethan Hawke has been in Franklin County, right? Yeah. I gotta confess to you, I had no idea who Ethan Hawke was. And so I uh, hear he's in Franklin County that he's producing a movie called Wildcat. And uh, I read about, they needed extras. They needed extras, what was $120 a day they gave you maybe? You had to go in and you had to go through an interview and fill out an application, you got 120 bucks. And, and uh, now if Ethan Hawke came and offered you to be an extra in there, you'd go, wow. I mean, this, this is my 15 minutes of fame, right? Andy Warhol, right? My 15 minutes of fame. And it, you'll watch the movie and you'll go, there I am, I'm right there by that lamppost. Do you see me back there? Uh, aren't, aren't we intrigued with the celebrity, aren't we? I, I mean, seriously, I'm watching some basketball games and uh, I'm going, we pay these people that much money to play a game? Seriously, I, I'm telling you what I'm thinking. You know, they're not heroes; they're ball players, right? It's my stance on it. Debatable, if you want to. It's okay. And we're we're intrigued. We're intrigued with celebrity. When I was in uh, Fuller, doing my doctorate at Fuller, and I commuted, I was out there a few weeks every year. And uh, Pasadena is just real close to Hollywood, Burbank, Hollywood, all that and uh, they're intrigued, like I hear go, John Travolta was at the California pizza kitchen the other day, did you, did, you see where, did you see where Brady, Tom Brady was talking about his retirement, and they went and gathered up the sand where he stood on the beach to announce his retirement, and they're selling it on eBay, I'm not joking. where he stood. Now listen, listen to me. We're so intrigued by celebrity status that um, here Jesus comes and he gives this invitation to follow him. And I'm going to tell you something. Once you realize how the kingdom of God operates and what it is, there's nothing more beautiful. In the gospels, it said, a man is on, not even on his own property. And he's digging, he's digging, looking. And he finds the treasure. And he, he's, he, man, this is, the, this is the best find of my life. And it says he goes back and he sells everything and he tries to buy the land where the treasure was. He buries it back because it's not his land. So that because that land can, hey, it has the treasure. Or it's like a fine pearl. Uh, a guy collects jewelry And uh, he finds this beautiful pearl. And he's willing to sell all the other jewelry just for this one pearl. And scripture says the kingdom of heaven is like that treasure found being dug up. Or like that pearl that has been discovered. It's absolutely beautiful. Listen, here's what's beautiful. Forget Ethan Hawke and Tom Brady and, and, and people who get paid heavily to play a game. Forget all that. Here's a man that made the universe. You hear me? It, if you try to understand it, it'll blow your mind. And Some of you understand it far more than I ever will. And here's a man who comes preaching a different sermon about the kingdom of God and how it rules your heart. And you respond to that. You live your life with the kingdom of God. And then it infiltrates and influences other people because even in the model prayer, in the model prayer, it says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And during Lent, get used to that prayer because we're gonna say it every Sunday during Lent, okay? Because it's about his kingdom. "May, May your kingdom come in my life. And so here's Jesus who comes and has been preaching the kingdom. They knew a little bit about him, some more than others. But he's given them this invitation to come and join him. And listen, there's not a one of us in here, listen to me, there's not a one of us in here that doesn't want to be a part of something bigger than what they already are. Everybody in here wants that. And he invites you to that. That's far better than being an an, an extra in Ethan Hawke's movie. I don't think I'd even know him if if I, really walk past him. And do you see what I'm saying here? Here's, here is the Son of God bringing an invitation to them, which brings an invitation to us to join him in this kingdom work. And it becomes, it becomes a very specific invitation, a very personal moment that they've been thinking about it already. They've been thinking about it in an incredible way. And now he is giving them this personal invitation. So look at Matthew 28, 18 through 20. He's looking for disciples who make disciples. Then this is is after the resurrection. These are our marching orders to us. Then Jesus came near and said to them, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth, go. Therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything that I have commanded you, and remember, I am with you always. When he's looking at these men, Andrew and his brother Simon Peter, James and his brother John, when he's looking at Matthew, he's looking at people who are going to take this throughout all the world and make other disciples. it, uh, Robert Coleman is a book that we use in our discipleship here. It's called The Master Plan of Evangelism. And uh, Robert Coleman says there, there, there are characteristics of being a disciple. But he said there are two main ones. Number one, that you have a big heart. One is that you have a big heart. And number two is that you're teachable. You're teachable. And I want to ask you, do you have a big heart? We've been singing songs about rescue today. And there are people crying for rescue. They're needing a savior and they don't know it. How, how are, see, the kingdom in my heart is going to respond to that. I, I don't want you to come to Jesus just because you miss hell. I want you to miss hell. And if you wake up in hell, you're gonna wish you'd have missed it too. Okay? It's, it's incredible how devastating that place is. But I, I want you to go to heaven. Is that all? No, I want you to learn to walk with him here. It's, 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 a, it's an adventure, it's a journey, it's incredible of how the Lord does and what he does. And I have to ask, do you have a big heart? Are you teachable? We have a saying here that you can't learn what you think you already know. Are you continued in your learning? Are you willing to change and surrender and adjust? Have you, or have you just stopped? You you may say, hey, listen, I know the Lord and I'm going to heaven when I die, but I've just stopped. I I pray that you haven't become that person. So what made these people leave their their vocation and their family is he preached the kingdom of God. I want you to join and understand how the kingdom of God works and how the kingdom of God operates. Um. There was something going on in the nursing home. It's, everything's good. And I'd made it a matter of prayer and, and Julie had made it a matter of prayer and 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 Julie called me and and she said you're not going to believe what happened today. I mean, that's what we say, right? When the kingdom of heaven is absolutely working, we go, you're not going to believe this. And uh the, the Lord just worked something out for us. And it was absolutely beautiful for everybody involved. Uh, it's, it's how that works. So here's the sermon. It's, it's God is revealing that what he's about to do next, and he's introducing the kingdom. And then he's going to... Andrew and Simon Peter and James and John and Matthew, and he's inviting them to come and be a part of this. And I wanna show you in this sermon how they saw the revelation of God, the kingdom of God, that's what's happening, and they invited them to be a part of it. And here's the adjustment that they made. The invitation, if you'll go back to uh, uh, verses 18 originally, Yes, thank you, and he, he, he just says to them in verses 19 there, he just says, follow me. The creator of the world has invited them to experience kingdom life, and when he says, follow me, he's not talking about a stroll on the beach so they can all look at the sunset and go ooh and ah. He's inviting them to a life, a life they don't have. And it's a life of discipleship and surrender and adjustment. And it's ongoing until we're ongoing, right? It's, it's, it's ongoing until we go to be with the Lord. Uh, this weekend, a guy asked me if I was gonna retire. And I said, well, I said, I think my days at Hope Church are winding up. One day, there'll be another pastor at Hope Church. And I said, honestly, I'm leading now to make, you know, to prepare the way for another pastor here at our church. I said, I still think I'll be here a number of years. And, but I said, um, they said, well, do you think you're gonna slow down? I said, no, I'd rather wear out than rest out. I'll be doing something else. I don't know I don't know that I'm ever gonna retire from ministry. I, I think at my age, in some ways, I'm hitting all cylinders, you know? Uh, and I'm really able to deal with what matters. Uh, so he's inviting them to a kingdom life, a life they don't have, and it, it continues. And I, I say that to you because I think sometimes we get to a place and we think we've made it and we stop. We just stop. I followed you enough. That's why we're going into a series of adjustments and rearranging. Um, it, it's a serious commitment. One time Jesus in John chapter six is teaching to his 12 disciples plus many more who had chosen to to follow him. And what he preached was very difficult for them, very difficult. And they they didn't wanna hear any of it so they left. And Jesus looks at the 12 and he said, are you going to leave me too? And Simon Peter, Andrew's brother, speaks up and said, Lord, where are we gonna go? He said, you have the words of life. You have the words of life. Where else am I going to go? John Nolan wrote this. He said, the call of God to follow is disruptive. Now, let me spend a minute here. It's disruptive. I love you, but some of you need your life disrupted. You're in a rut. You go through your day with blindfolders on. You speak to the same people. You say the same things to them. You know what I'm talking about. It could just be Groundhog Day. The same thing, over and over and over and over and there's no emotion in it. It's just, I'm gonna get through my day. In the kingdom of God, the call to follow him, John Nolan wrote, is, is disruptive. It needs to be disruptive. And here's the problem. Some of you are out here going, yeah, I, preacher, I'm buying what you're saying today but i don't think i can do it and the reason you don't think you can do it is you're going to have to rely on god more than you ever have if he disrupts your life which is exactly where he wants you to begin with right if your life is disrupted then you're going to have to depend on the lord you know i could have had a v8 you know uh, it's it's Boom, that's exactly where we have to be. And then you'll have your own God stories about how God filled in the gap and God did this and God did that. And it goes on and on and on. It's it's a beautiful picture. Yes, the disruption is necessary because it makes us depend on the Lord a little better. I had a conversation last night with a person and we were talking and they they said, "I, I just wanna run this by you. And they, they ran it by me and they said, do you think I'm crazy? And I said, no, I don't think you're crazy. They said, well, what do you think's happening? I said, I think God is revealing to you what he wants to do. And in that revelation, he's just asking you to join him. Well, uh, how am I gonna be resourced? Well, God will resource that, but you gotta learn that. See, the disruption, and some of you may even amen me when I say your life needs disruption. But when I get to depending on God deeper, it's kind of, whoa, wait a minute there. And that's where you learn more about God than you ever have in all of your life. So I want you to see, I want you to see where God is revealing what he's going to do next, which is the introduction to the kingdom. And he's seeing these men, Andrew, Simon, Peter, James and John and Matthew, and he's asking them to come and join him in here. And what are they doing? They're dropping their vocation and they're absolutely moving on with that. I, I, I want you to look at something very strategic uh, in, these, in these verses 18 and 19 here about Simon, Peter and Andrew. Let me walk through it because uh, you'll miss it if, you don't, if I don't walk you through this said, as he was walking along the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and his brother Andrew. And they were casting casting a net into the sea. Now hang on to that right there. So they're, they're throwing the net into the sea. Since they were fishermen. Jesus says, follow me, he told them, and I will make you fish for people and here's they they left listen they never even retrieved the net that they threw into the sea it's not that they left their place of vocation they left the biggest part of their business they left it in the sea They've heard of Jesus. They've seen some things of Jesus. They knew he preached a different sermon. And he's inviting them to come and live a kingdom life. And they're dropping everything and going with it. James and John, they left their boat and their dad to be able to go. They were mending their nets so they could continue their commercial fisherman business. And, and they left their dad as well. I'm thinking about poor old Zebedee here. Scratching his head going, you know... Two-thirds of my labor has just walked out the door. And then Matthew himself, speaking about himself, he left his job of being a tax collector, which you weren't well thought of anyway, right? But he left that. Here's a key that I want you to live, leave with. I want you to see God is revealing i'm introducing the kingdom i want you to see that he's asking these men to join him in that work and i want you to see the adjustment they're making to be able to do that but i want you to see something that's very critical here and i want to leave you with this in uh, matthew 4 19 this is very important there is a phrase that says i will make you do you see that i will make you in uh, uh, Charles Spurgeon, he's, he's just called the Prince of Preachers. Uh, he, he brought this out in my study, and so I took it and I, I, I went with it on a, even a deeper study. He says, I will make you, and I'm not talking about discipline. I'm not talking that God's gonna take your arm, put it behind your back, and make you do something. That's not what we're talking, we're not talking about force here. He said, I will make you in the point of construction. I think some of you have heard everything I've said today. I think some of it has rung true with you. And some of it, you're like, man, I want that. And you don't know how to do that. You don't know how that happens because you're gonna cry to me, I can't because I am this and I am that. And I want you to look at the promise where he says, I will make you. Whatever, I'm, whatever you think I'm doing today, God has put together. You're, you're looking at a preacher that used to stutter you're looking at a preacher that used to be afraid of crowds uh my my uh i was I was taking a speech class at western I'd left baseball for a while went to western came back into a baseball life for a little while and um, i was i I was so nervous I'd have anxiety attacks I'd get sick at my stomach, and when I got nervous, I would just pause and stutter a little bit. And uh, you don't have remedial classes in college, <laughs> but um, I was to give my speech, and I can remember this lady was so gracious to me. Uh, I mean, I just break out in a sweat. I'm I'm not sweating here because I'm nervous. I'm sweating here because it's hot. So uh, I, I gave my speech to her, in her office with just, she was my audience, and I read it from my note cards. I was so afraid of crowds. You, you have no idea. You have no idea. It, he goes, I will make you. I will make you. He will make you. Listen, I, I, I wanna die, I wanna die having lived a life that God built for me. I don't want to die living a life that I have built for myself. I don't want to live. A, I don't want to die just thinking about the promises of God. I want to live, having tried every one of them, and finding out that He is faithful yes. and He is true. Yes. And it's it's amazing. Listen, when God when God reveals when God reveals to us. He's invited us, he he wants to build a life with you and Paul sums it up with Timothy here. It's 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 a life of power and love and a sound mind. It is a life that's living with the power of the resurrection. I'm living under the love of a shepherd that cares for me greatly. And I'm living with the wisdom of heaven, which is not the wisdom of earth. Remember the wisdom of earth by Paul says it's sensual and it's fleshy and it's earthly and it's demonic. Absolutely demonic. And, And he's invited me to come into the kingdom And I look at us and I go, what are we waiting on? There's this kingdom life. But how, how does this happen? How does it happen? He invites you and you're going, I can't. I can't be that. I can't do that. This is what I've done. This is what's been a part of my life. He can never forgive me of that. Listen, go back to that line right there. If you've got a way to underline it on your phone, underline it. If you can write it in your Bible, underline it. He says, I will make you. Let it be a life that he has built. In our series, God revealed to Noah that he needed to build an ark. That was for Noah, that wasn't for you. God revealed to uh, uh, Abraham that he's gonna be the father of our faith. That was for Abraham, that wasn't for you. It was, the blessing of him was for you. Uh, God revealed uh, to David that he's gonna be the king of Israel. But That was for David, that wasn't for you. And he revealed to Amos, the prophet, last Sunday that he's gonna speak to a nation and give them a chance for correction. And that was for the prophet Amos, that wasn't for you. But God will reveal to you. And when he reveals to you, he is gonna tell you what he's about to do. And he's picked you to do it. Forget Ethan Hawke. He's picked you. And he asked you to join him. And there is where you understand the kingdom. He wants to use you to implement the kingdom in this world. You know, it's, our world's crazy, it's chaotic, it's confused, all the C's that I can find, all the alliteration I can do there. It is, but listen, he's called us to that world. I think he's called me, I, I, my, my daughter said to me last night, I asked her a question and I said, do you think I could do that? She goes, no, you're, the person that needs to do that needs to be young, hip, and cool. And I go, what, what? And she goes, well, you're just not young. I said, so, I said, oh, okay, okay, sissy. I, 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 I appreciate that, it, but listen, I think God has called me to this generation. I'm, I'm as plain as an old shoe, but I think this world needs some just plain stuff. You know, I mean, this is how plain I am. I'm, I'm dealing with Matthew 9, 9 and Matthew being called and I'm, I'm reverting back to gun smoke, okay? You, I mean, you've not lived till you've experienced gun smoke. Right? It's good stuff, man. And Festus was the deputy and we're dealing with Matthew, right? And the sheriff's name is Matthew Dillon, right? And I when I was when I was I was going and Matthew got up and followed him and I I, I in my office, I swear I did this, at my desk I acted like Festus and I said, "Dada boy, Matthew. You know, not I, uh, this man right here, Brad said the other day, I, had a, I used Herman the Munster as an illustration. He goes, do you know that most of the people in the audience have no clue who Herman Munster is? I said, sure I do, but I don't care. Doesn't matter. I'm not, I'm not, I mean, I'm not trying to be hip and cool. Laura's already said that I am. I'm just not young. Uh, Listen, we just need to get to the plain basics and the promises of God. Here's the creator of the world that's gonna reveal things to you, how to help somebody, how to take care of them, whatever. I just remember when my neighbor was deployed to Iraq for a year, the Lord told me, I want you to mow his yard. And I did, no big deal, I did. Wanted to, but the Lord revealed to me. That's he revealed to me. He revealed it to me. He didn't reveal it to you, but I did. I mean, he's serving our country. I wanted to help his family. I knew that took some relief off of them. It, it just goes on and on. I, I remember when Tom died. Nathan, you know where I'm going with this, don't you? When Tom died, I was going, man, I gotta mow my yard. And I come home and Nathan had already mowed my yard. And, and I know that's not an ark. And that's not the father of our faith. And, That's not the king of Israel, but it was to me. It was to me. And I knew that the the Lord had told Nathan to do that. That's the kingdom, do you see? And God will reveal you, fix a meal for them, encourage these people, give them a phone call, call call them up. I've had people, I've had God tell me to call people up and ask the strangest things. And they go, why are you asking that? And I said, well, because the Lord told me to ask you that. And they go, well, I needed somebody to ask me that. And I said, well, he knew that. And this is how we can help with the rescue. Do you see that? Don't you want to be a part of that? I I know you do. But you're going, I can't because I'm this and that. What's the promise? I will make you. I will build you. So let's let him, okay? Let's let him build us and make that adjustment. Let me pray over you. Father, I pray over our people today. Decisions have been made will be made are being made let us walk out of here knowing that you reveal <clears throat> you invite and then also in the truth of all this you will make us into the people that you would have us to become that you will build us Father I, th- I think I speak for everybody in this room today Lord build us build us I know that your call and revelation brings disruption to my life, but I'm gonna trust you. And I'm gonna trust that you're gonna build me to be the man and the woman that you want me to be. Uh, Father, I pray blessings over our people. I pray that they realize you give a phenomenal invitation to follow, and I pray that we say yes. It's in the name of Jesus that I pray, amen. The invitation is this, whosoever will, for whatever reason, You come. Church, would you stand with me? Team's going to lead us. You come and respond.